Iowa everywhere. Get ready to rock with Firehouse. Wild Rose Casino and Hotel welcomes Firehouse to three big nights of rock. Thursday, July 20th, Emmitsburg. Friday, July 21st, Clinton. And Saturday night, July 22nd, Jefferson. All shows outdoors, all shows free admission. Firehouse is going to rock Wild Rose Casino and Hotel. You'd rather be here. See wildroseresorts.com for more. Chris Williams. Chris. Chris Hassel. Two guys named Chris. Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. Hello, a Friday installment of Two Guys Named Chris. My name is Chris Williams. He is Chris Hassel, waking up early on his day off. What is it? Yeah. Early? Well, it was supposed to be my day off. And then you went ahead and screwed everything up with your your Big 12 trip. You're well, back I'm already? sorry. You're going to have to wait an hour to go into your pool. Okay? <laughs> no, I've got a lot going on today. I've got to go to the chiropractor. Got a, uh, I've got so I've got a uh, degenerative L5 disc, which is not good. Uh, it's it's down at the very bottom, my tailbone. I've had it for many many years. It's not it's terrible, and not only that, Williams. This week I I lifted legs for the first time in six months. That's a bad decision. Oh my god! <laughs> I have I did been... that like a year ago. So I have this. If you come over in the next week, like I built a weight room in my house, like a there's like a rack and everything, and Jeez. I and I was like, I'm gonna squat, I'm gonna start squatting, <laughs> you know, get my ass all tight. I couldn't walk for like two weeks. That's yes, that's what happened. I I've been moving around like an 85 year old. When when you couple what I did to my legs to what I have with my back, I feel. I feel at least 60 years old right now. You've and now I'm going bastard. in today for, uh, they're going to have me do some physical therapy for my lower back condition. I've been doing physical therapy, going in for every what? week for my shoulder. What'd you do to your I'm shoulder? I'm trying to not have to have surgery on it. And I've, and I've been going in there with all these old people and you got me on like bands and yeah. What, what from throwing pitches to your, uh, your girls softball <laughs> no. players? So I've had a couple of shoulder surgeries and it's just like, I don't know. From what I from what I understand, like things become undone over what time. What the hell happened to your shoulder? What were you some big athlete back in the day? I wasn't a big athlete, but I was enough of one to screw up my shoulder. In really? Football and, yeah. You played so, football? Not for very long because of the damn shoulder. I loved football. I was I, I I genuinely did, but I just really couldn't do it. Didn't after. you sack Brett Meyer? I did. I sacked Brett Meyer. No That's the way. highlight of my career. Yeah, blindsided his ass. Wait, you were playing what? You weren't playing defensive line. I was DN, baby. Hang on. I've seen pictures of you from high school. Weren't I was you like, big. No, I'm, wait, hang this on. was in what? like junior high, dude. Like I wasn't. Oh, junior I didn't play. high. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I sacked Brett Meyer in seventh grade. Because you were skinny back then. You were like. But I was so much taller. I hit puberty way before everybody else. Yeah, I did too. I was 6'2 by sixth grade. But yeah, I was like a post. 
I mean, my seventh grade basketball season was the highlight of my life. <laughs> I, I bet I averaged like 20 a game, and then everybody caught up to me. On I sacked, the, the traveling team, or were you on like the non-traveling JV? <laughs> no, I B played team. it all. We did it all. Um, we were playing Atlantic football, and I, and again, I didn't just sack Brett Meyer. I blindsided his ass. Like I, wait, so kids. you you went like I mask first into his Brett cheeks. Meyer. Yeah, it was a it was a huge hit. It was such a big hit; it would have been illegal today. What I did to Brett Meyer, <laughs> and he remembers it. <laughs> I never it's played funny football. Though, anytime I talk to Brett, I it's it's the highlight of my career. Like I, I mean, you know, that was it for me. I maxed out in seventh grade. And Brett just because Brett's kind of a not real talkative dude, and he just rolls his eyes at me. Like in Brett's mind, I I think he's completely blocked out that it actually happened. But I won't. Well, let him he was blindsided. It. He never, he didn't actually see it happen. <laughs> we are presented by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. I love it. We we get like two tweets of your guys's meat per day. Keep sending us pictures of your meat, fellas. Oh, we love seeing pictures of your meat. Slide that meat into our DMs. Fairway meat and grocery. Funniest, funniest shit ever. It was Monday. I had to go. Again, we got an extra kid in the house this week. And I had to go and pick up something like milk or it was just like one thing. And sure enough, I'm pulling out. There's Van Winkle walking into Fairway. The I've guy's, never seen a guy so The obsessed. guy goes to Fairway every day. It's incredible. Did you see Fairway tweeted me back? I yeah. Love those, I love did, those people. I did. Hey, uh, Matt, we're on Baby Watch, too, for Van Winkle. Any we're on updates? Baby Watch. Oh, Are yeah, you dilated? said you were, you were worried you might not be able to make the show today. Because Wait, you're dilated? Can we get the two update on your wife's cervix, please? She's two centimeters dil- dilated. No updates yet, but she's she's working. She's working up till that baby comes, so God bless her. So we're, are uh, you... You're, you, it, from what I remember about um, your, your first child, mm-hmm. you... What Van Winkle does is he fasts until the baby is born because then they eat the placenta together in the delivery room. They actually eat the placenta before they even meet the child. It's kind of a Van Winkle tradition. Freaking weird. It's fake news. That's the Scientology thing, right? Tom Cruise did I, that. I think it's more than... I don't know if it's Scientology does it, but more than just Scientologists do it. I know people that have done that. Really? Oh, yeah, baby. Are they communists? No. They are, you would think, somewhat regular people. And uh, uh, they, they, uh, they chow down on that placenta. I, I, do, do you cook it? No, you just eat it raw, from what I understand. I've never... Just chew it up right there I've in the delivery I've never been in a delivery room. What, what is it? It's disgusting. It's one of the worst moments. So is that like part of the afterbirth that comes out? Yeah, it's just like all the guts that are just there. You just pick it up and shove it in your face. They oh. just put it in a bowl and you just eat it like a meal. See, I, Van Wink never, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect that from a guy like Van Wink. He's got blood all over his cheeks. I'll take my fairway burgers instead, please. <laughs> Two guys named Chris... <laughs> Go and get yourself a fairway. Here's what Van Wink does. He takes the placenta and he he puts a nice little thumb imprint in it before he eats it. Just like with his burgers. (laughs) 
Um, so yes, I've been in Dallas, and our our sponsorship. I, I want to give a shout out to my guy uh, Jeff Kelderman, Kelderman Manufacturing. This is awesome. So they're doing some advertising with us on Cyclone Fanatic too. Already another one of my uh, partners in Mechdyne has already contacted them to do laser cutting. So that that's a really big thing that they do is the tube laser cutting. You know that ha- hassle. You know that Clorinda Academy sign that somebody put in front of my camper. Yes. That was the guys at Kelderman. Oh really? Okay, nice. Yeah. By the way, yeah. where did that sign go? I thought you were gonna like display that. It's in no, it's in my garage. I just I, I feel a little bit egotistical putting out that sign in my front yard, you know what I mean? No, no, not in your front yard, but like in the background of your shot. Maybe in your office. Oh yeah, I, I really should do that. It's just it's like this giant like it's really heavy. I don't know how I would necessarily <laughs> I might put it in the studio that actually now that I think about it. So Kelderman Manufacturing has been the sponsor of all of our Big Ten and Big 12 Media Day coverage. Big Ten coming up in a couple of weeks. And Chad Leistico is going to be helping us out there from the Des Moines Register, be our little correspondent on the ground, which we appreciate. I would like to start there, as there's a lot to talk about. It First of all, it was really good, Chris, to... I haven't thought about college football much this summer, which is rare for me. Normally, I would have already digested the magazines reading i like the athletic how they do those like in-depth previews with all the teams and it's just been hard for me to get into it selfishly because it's like with iowa state i just i don't know enough Mm -hmm. like normally i'm like going game by game you know and are you referencing the because of the gambling situation yeah it's just been available it's just been this like cloud now camel campbell i actually thought handled it pretty well yesterday as good as he could you got to realize this is a legal situation so he Mm -hmm. can't he can't talk about it it's not but i i do think that he he gave us some good um insight as to like how the program's been dealing with it i saw the the clip that that you posted from cyclone fanatic uh off to the side did he did he speak at all about that was he asked at all about that oh, yeah. like he was asked about like we peppered him for 10 minutes no, I, I know you guys it. did on the side but i'm talking when he was meeting you know with yes. the national media and such did they he was specifically on the podium asked about hunter decker's status and hmm. matt predictably i mean come on i'm not gonna ignore it everybody knows the rumors okay like, i'm not we're not gonna tap dance and treat you all like you're idiots everybody knows the rumors And Matt did not say his name, and he, you know, tiptoed around that question like he was very prepared for it. Mm -hmm. So that's telling. Uh, Right now, if you want to read more about this, uh, Jared Stansbury has about a thousand-word piece on Iowa State's quarterback situation on our front page at Cyclone Fanatic where, you know, he asked Matt about the guys behind him, Rocco Beck, J.J. Cole, and then this Juco kid that they brought in. So, listen, um, it was, it, it's been a weird summer, but it was good for me. It was almost therapeutic to sit there and just talk to other football people, and it just made it feel like, oh, there's actually going to be games played. Did September. you ever muster up the courage to go talk to Brady Quinn, who was there covering No, it for- I didn't. Why? Why does Brady Quinn hate hate me again? He hates me. No, he doesn't. Brady Quinn doesn't know who you are. Well, 
He so he kind of knows who I am. He I saw him because uh, he works at CBS Sports HQ, obviously, and doesn't work a lot during the summer because it's not football season. But the last time I saw him, he came up. We were all, we, you know he was coming on set, and he's like Iowa everywhere, huh? huh? Does anybody, does anybody even watch that shit or something to that effect? And I was just like, fuck you, man. <clears throat> so that, no that's, clue. that's what, uh, cause you know how he is, you know, he, elitist he thinks, Notre Dame guy. Yeah. He, he, yes. Yes. Iowa. I don't, I will say this about Brady Quinn and I don't know him. And if you like him, then I'm sure I would like him, but I don't think he, I don't think me and him would have a lot in common. I just, uh, you wouldn't. Yeah, but I can't see me and him having a lot. I don't have a lot in common with him either, and he's a good friend of mine. We've okay. we we've gone golfing together. You know, he likes scotch. You 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 like? I do like. Actually, do like no. Scotch. You got? Did you get Pappy Van Hoodwinked again? No, I didn't do it. I, I heard a rumor that you went searching for Pappy Van Hoodwink down there. So, I actually learned my lesson the last time. So this this one hotel bar is where a lot of the media folks hang out in dallas it's kind of like the basically this there's this one hotel that's close to jerry world that is the epicenter of like the big 12 did you just say epicenter yeah (laughs) why what what's wrong with that like an epipen it's It's, epicenter it's epicenter it's not epicenter it's the same thing Oh my god! And right, this continue. was like, I don't know, two two years ago, and I'm sitting there, and I'm and I love bourbon, right? Like I I I collect it for God's sake. And I was like, oh, I've never had that one before. It's a Texas one. It was some like Garrison Brothers like single barrel type thing. So I bought a pour of it, and I was thinking I was prepared to spend like twenty five bucks for a pour. And the son of a bitch was like ninety dollars. Wait, like, where was this? At this hotel bar. But this you didn't like, get it, right? This was two years ago. Okay. Yeah, I did. I just they just wait. So you spent ninety dollars? So you've actually spent more on a drink than I have. Well, apparently. Well, so I'm sitting there at this same bar on Thursday night, or actually it would have been Wednesday night or two, whatever one of these nights and they've got all the Pappy Van Winkles they have all of them they got Rip which is what I bought in Minneapolis and yeah, they, as and in ripped off to, and it goes up to the 20 year family reserve and they were selling that for $225 a finger oh my god bastards what is, what is wrong with people alright let's get into this big 12 media day stuff some actual football again we have a ton of if you want to read about this stuff, we have a ton of Iowa State centric stuff. Hassel, I know that you were watching more from a national perspective for us, and kind of took away um, a few things, specifically the coverage. I'm anxious to hear what you think about this. Um, I actually there was a lot of national media there. It, clearly, the there was some buzz this year because you had all these four new schools. It was a really good crowd. I thought. Obviously, Texas and Oklahoma are still in the mix, but you have some concerns about when this league loses those two about the perception, right? I just, th- I just think that nationally we're, we're already starting to move into a world where the Big 12 is not looked at as a 
power conference. And I think that's a mistake, but I think I, I just noticed it a little bit um, with with the coverage, with who networks are electing to send compared to SEC and Big Ten. I just I fear that those two are breaking out. And, you know, we've talked about the whole super conference thing, that those two are going to become the two places where everybody puts all their resources into. Everybody talks about those guys. And the Big 12 is going to be looked at as like the best of the rest, which is, which is I know that that's kind of what they're going for, but I fear that the step might be uh, steeper than, than we would hope. I mean, I, I, for many years, we've had the whole Power 5 thing. I think that's obviously going away. Um, and the Big 12 is in a much better position than the Pac-12 and the ACC. But when Texas and Oklahoma leave next year, I, I think that uh, you're going to see a pretty big drop-off in coverage nationally and just uh, you know being a part of the conversation. Uh, one, I agree in the sense that it is kind of like what you're getting into. And I think the big 12 knows that it, you're right. You nailed it on the power five, power five, no more. I do want to push back. I, <clears throat> and I'm a little bit curious of how the 12 team playoff impacts mm-hmm. what we're talking about because you're, that's going to help for sure. Yeah, it, it really is. The only thing that I can live with here as a Big Twelve guy is knowing that you're not going to be alone. I do think this will be the this, or I know this will be the case for. I, I just worry that you, 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 you sure you're going to have a spot in the playoff, but you're going to have one spot and that's it. Well, yeah, where where we're talking Big Ten, SEC, three, even four know, teams. Chris, do we even know how they're going to do it? Yeah, like I know they're going to guarantee everybody a spot, but like how much is strength of schedule? How much, is, uh, you know? No, no. We still don't even know the process, I no. guess is my thing. All, a lot of unknowns, yes. What's a shame, right. too, is like they do play really good football in that league now. Now, the Big 12 doesn't have like the top end. I get it. Like I'm not saying there's no Georgia, there's no Clemson, there's no right like that top end team that, you know, Oklahoma was kind of your team for a while, mm-hmm. but they never really won anything in the playoff. But the thing about that league, man, it's top to bottom. There's really not bad teams because mm-hmm. Kansas has risen, right? Like Iowa State used to be one of those teams. They're they're certainly not anymore. You look at these four teams that are coming in; they're all good football schools. They all have, you know, I I I kind of think that. Um, Man, I kind of feel like Central Florida is going to be. I hung around Malzahn for just a little bit. It's like, God, this guy's not a. He ain't thinking like a G five guy. Mm-hmm. He's looking at. He's treating that like the SEC. And they may, you know, it may take them a few years to get. I do think all of those programs are going to have some learning curves as far as the grind. It's like you're not. You're not getting a week off here when you play. I'm, I don't know the American that well off the top of my head, but, you know, Rice isn't coming to town or whoever. Um, but, like, I do think, like, it's a fun league. The one thing I, I really like that they're talking about is playing more Thursday and Friday games. 
at some point you just have to, right? And I, like, I'm a NASCAR fan. I, I, I throw this into it a lot. Why are you trying to compete with the NFL on Sundays in the fall? Mm-hmm. It's stupid. Run a Thursday night race. Run a Wednesday night race, right? Like, do what you can do to get eyeballs. And I, I like the aspect that the Big 12 is going to play some games on Thursdays and Fridays. I'm okay with that because you don't have the competition. And you can show people. People will watch it. We watch Mac games on Tuesday nights, for God's sakes. We will watch it. We will bet on it. We'll pull up our Cirque app, right? Like, that. Th- this is a real thing. And May not be as good for the are, are the stadium. fans going to like that though. I mean, I, I as long as you do it in moderation, I think it's fine. Like one game a year or one one home game every two years on a Thursday mm-hmm. night is not a big deal, in my opinion. I don't think it's a big deal. Now, if you, if you turn into the Mac, where yeah. every game is on a two, yeah, then that sucks. And the problem and with those that's not what they're talking about. Like the Mac, and I know Conference USA is is doing it. They're going to play weekday games now because of that because they can get more attention on tv but the fans just don't show up for and not that the the mac is going to be packing stadiums on saturday either but you you tune into these games and there's just nobody there you you might get more eyes on tv and you will but it the the in stadium experience uh is really lacking for those conferences now, I, I, I'm not saying that's going to happen for the Big 12. And In fact, wasn't Iowa State-Oklahoma State a weekday game? That was a Friday night game. And that's yeah. honestly, like I think, why it was as big of a deal as it was. Mm-hmm. Everybody it just felt special. Country. It felt I was there. I was covering it for uh, WHO-TV. And sure, it was, the, you know, the circumstances were, were different. Oklahoma State was getting ready to play in the big BCS championship game. And so that was kind of the draw there. But... Uh, that, I, I that th- Iowa State fans just, embrace that. That night was just crazy too, because you had the Oklahoma State plane crash, like a day before. So every mm. like, that was a storyline. Um, and then you had, like you said, the BCS thing, and it was just it was perfect. You had great crew calling the game for ESPN. the 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 price you can't put on that game when you look back is what are college football reporters doing on Friday nights before they cover a game on Saturday. They're sitting at a bar watching the Friday night games, Mm -hmm. and everybody was watching that. So you got all this media coverage out of it, and that's not going to happen every time. But I'm I'm okay with it, like giving up one home game every two years to a Friday night or a Thursday night. Like I think it's really smart. I think, again, I'll, I'll reference my NASCAR fandom. All these old hats, NBC's running races later on Sunday nights, okay? With with up against virtually no sports competition and their numbers are through the roof. They got almost 5 million people to watch a race a couple weeks ago, Chris. A na- just a regular NASCAR race. That's a crazy number. That's an SEC football type of number. But all these old hats, they want to well god damn it, I'm going to get out of church and I'm going to eat my steak and I'm going to watch my NASCAR. Well, dude, the times have changed. Right, like, and it's really good for the sport because you got all these people watching these races for the first time because they're betting on them or whatever. I'm okay with it. You just there's got to be moderation because you can't just alienate all your season ticket holders and all that. I mean, Matt, like with your day job, like that mm-hmm. really screw you guys up if all of a sudden Iowa State was playing every game on a Wednesday. Oh yeah, that's like yeah, and especially with like they moved like the homecoming game last year was with it. 
Oklahoma game was supposed to be on a Thursday, so that screwed everything up for us. But Hassel, from your perspective, like from a national side, isn't there something to be said too about the appetite or like people just curious about what these new teams bring to the league, like new audiences from Florida, Cincinnati? Do you think there's do you think that's going to help with numbers this year for the Big 12 just because people are curious to see what it looks like? I, I think people are definitely curious. Um, and and it, I feel like it would help more if one of these teams actually did compete. You look at the odds, though, to win the conference, and none of those teams are in the top five to, to do that's anything. And most of them are Three at the, the bottom. down right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and what, you know, I think I know it's exciting for for Big 12 fans and for, you know, if you're a real college football fan like me, I, I'm excited about it because I know what these schools bring and I and I know they've got great fan bases. But to the quote-unquote elitist college yeah. football, uh, whether you're a fan writer, um, broadcaster, you're you're not looking at the Big 12 ne- starting next year as, as a real power conference and i guess the biggest question or the biggest test will be once oklahoma and texas leave the year after how that drop off if there's a big drop off people think i'm crazy i've said it from day one i'm more convinced of it now texas is going to be considerably better in the sec than oklahoma oklahoma is really going to regret this in 10 years my belief and why do you think that i just think texas fits the like in this new era, when why do you think Nick Saban keeps going crazy? Because Texas is winning guys because of money over Alabama's of the world well, right now. But Texas A and M is too, and it's not translating. Yeah, I mean field. Sark's got to be able to put it together. Like there's yeah. no doubt about that. I just think Oklahoma, they just scream Arkansas to me. Really mm. good in one spot, and then you put them over there, and all of a sudden, all of your advantages that you've ever had, yeah, are gone. You go from being the second best job to maybe the sixth or seventh. Like, that's a huge – and that's my question about all these poor schools going to the Big 12, too. It's like, okay, like BYU always gets the same players. Like, they for 60 years, they've gotten the same type of player. Mm-hmm. And they've always kind of had the same ceiling and the same floor. How does that translate in a power conference when you're not – you know, they've been playing this independent schedule for the last however many years. It's like you're basically playing a D2 team on week seven. Like, right, this is a different deal now. I'll throw Central Florida into the mix, right? Like they – when you recruit those players, you're, you're getting the best of the rest in Florida, and that's really good in the American. How will that do when you're playing Baylor and TCU? I don't know. Cincinnati – same deal. You get the best of the rest in Ohio. Elite. Elite in their old league. Best job in the league. Mm-hmm. Now you're you're probably still a good job. You're an upper half job in the Big 12, but you lose your advantages. Nebraska did that when it went to the Big 10. Right? And the partial sure. qualifier thing screwed them up because Osborne was a genius with that. But like you go from you know dominating recruiting in this one base and then you they feasted off of texas for the longest time now we're going to go to the big 10 oh so you mean we're not the only stadium huge stadium in the midwest with the same type oh yeah wisconsin has that iowa has that ohio state has that you lose your advantages and i'm i don't know i'm fascinated to see how it all 
kind of plays out. I think long-term, all these schools could be really good in the Big 12, but it, I just think, Chris, that from our experience with realignment, I mean, TCU is the best example. It, it can take you four or five years to really get acclimated to a new league. Now, the transfer portal changes things. Maybe that will speed things up for these guys. Mm-hmm. How was it this year? You've covered, I don't know how many, 15 of these things. How did this year compare to others? It seemed like a pretty cool uh, setup down Actually, there. Actually, I liked it a lot this year. I thought that the excitement... I'll be honest, Chris, like with the whole like national media coverage thing, like I'm ready to move on. Like I think that most of these Big 12 guys are okay being third. You know, mm-hmm. I think most people realize it's the SEC and the Big 10 and then we're all fighting for the best of the rest, but it it was really cool. Like there was a lot of um energy I thought with these new schools and I think the ones that are left behind the Iowa states of the world, the Kansas states of the world, I think they're ready to move on too because I think they see an opportunity in this new league with the automatic playoff berth. Like if you're Kansas State and you're looking around at the new Big 12, put Iowa State in the mix. Hell, throw them in there. You're kind of punching at your own weight class now. Mm-hmm. It's all these like-minded like schools that, you know, I, I did a lot of asking at the hotel bar. I was curious about NIL money and you know, at this point, it, there's not any of these new schools that are, or there's not any of the in this new league that like, oh, well, that team's spending way more than the, they're all kind of in the same boat, and I think that's exciting for people. You're right. Does anybody not, else have a uh, nil beer? Cincinnati does. They were the first, I think. Wait, I, I thought Iowa was the first. No, I'm pretty sure Cincinnati was the first. No, no, Iowa invented this thing. Just like the black uniforms. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I thought it was fine. And again, like I've had lower expectations. My expectation is not to compete with the Big Ten and the SEC. That's a different deal. But I think as far as the product goes and financially, I think the Big 12 is in a really good spot compared to the others. If you want more banter like this, you can join Hassel and I out in Vegas August 24th through the 27th. We're going to be out there at Circa Sports. Uh, I'm going to sign up for Circa Survivor for sure. Thinking about doing Circa Millions 5, the biggest pro football contest in Vegas. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. You can sign up in Vegas and play from anywhere. You can learn more at CircaSports.com. I was reading into uh, Circa Millions Yeah. yesterday. Seems pretty like a cool deal. 1000 bucks. You get to pick what five games against the spread each week, and they your points add up your each week, and they do quarterly payouts too, is what I saw. That's kind of cool. So if you don't have to like write out the whole season, if you have a good first, you know, four games, man, you get paid out, baby. I just don't know if Chris and I should do this together. <laughs> I just think we're gonna fight. Hey, the best part too is you, the last place finisher, also gets paid out. I saw that's well, that's we got a shot. Cool caveat. I could just so. see this becoming a like. Where Hassel and I have a team, and then like you know we have to let's say you have to submit it by Friday or whatever, and then like I could see us Thursday night at eleven fifty nine just like mother effing each other on text. <laughs> the Jags I suck. W- I can't wait. You only like show. the I'm, Jets I'm, because they got Iowa State players. You fucking Homer. I could see I, this now. I'm so bored with the sports calendar right now. I I am just desperate to get 
to something meaningful. I mean, I, I, I was on HQ yesterday, and we did an entire segment on a, a Twitter beef between Asante Samuel and Darrell Revis, who don't even play anymore. It's like, that's how desperate we are for stuff, for real stuff. Baseball. Did you do anything, Big 12? I'm, I didn't watch. I'm sorry. Like, um, y- yes, we had Brady Quinn on um, yesterday. And it just real treetop stuff. I mean, for the most part, it's talk about, okay, of the new teams, who has the best chance to compete? And obviously the answer is, is UCF. Uh, in in year one, um, it's is is Texas really for real? I mean, I think that's the big question. It's because it's like everybody's anointing Texas, and I I was looking back at last year, and they were better, but they were one and four against AP ranked teams. All the losses were tight. I mean, every loss that they lost five games, they were eight and five overall, and I think all five losses were by seven or fewer. But they were beating up on the easier teams on the schedule, and they weren't winning games against the good teams. Mm-hmm. And can you really? I mean, they're even money to win the Big Twelve this year. Even money. Yeah, that's a terrible bet. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet your money on that. And somehow Oklahoma is second in the odds. They Which were is also six and seven. Stupid. That may even be a worse bet. Although, it's just the and, fact and, that nobody like Venables. Nobody wants to put any money on the Kansas States, the Texas Techs. Which is stupid because I actually I in my column that I wrote last night, like I about the parody in this league, and this is why like I I like Iowa State's place in it, because it's like you get rid of those two schools and like I feel like if if Campbell's there, like this program can compete. But in the last three years, there's been six teams in the Big 12 championship game, Chris. So mm-hmm. nobody's been dominating it recently. Like Lincoln Riley did, but he's gone. Right? Like I just, I don't know, man. Like I I think that this league is going to be really exciting now. If you, if parody is, if parody is not your thing, if you like the top end, then that's, that's not where this Big 12 is going to be. But man, like. It, I, it wouldn't shock me at all, like if Baylor, who I don't know what they get picked, like seventh, whatever, is in the Big Twelve championship game this year, or if I think UCF is a sleeper, but mm-hmm. what do you what do you want to do? Well, you were all critical of Mike Gundy. What was your problem with Mike Gundy? You were, Did you be, see him? I mean, you saw him yeah. in person, right? Yeah, yeah, I love Gundy. What in the hell is going on? He's got you know the typical mullet. Which is great. But he has this white beard, which is fine. But if you're going to do the white beard, you can't have a completely dyed top of your head mullet. It, are we sure it's dyed? If you, or, yes. He's got are the, you kidding me? He's got the, the salt right up on the sideburns. You see well, what I'm saying? Because they don't dye that part of it. And that part of it is is cut short. You think that the top of his head, that that whole raccoon tail up there? I don't know. You, you, I guess you don't like, think there's I'm a single as, gray hair on his head up there. Come on, his whole I'm not face as is gray. As you. I'm not just I'm sitting man. around I'm picking. Boring. I'm not just sitting around picking apart people's looks like you do. 
I'm not picking on anything that he can change that he can't change himself. Like, what is that look? I, hey, I can't even. Matt, it, pull up a picture of Hollywood Hulk Hogan, the NWO version. He used to do a hell of a dye job on his beard. Yeah, he had like black with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like black and gold. Because he had the really dark black. Did he have to get stubble. that look trademarked through the University of Iowa Athletics Department? Did he have to get permission <laughs> from Iowa fans on Twitter to dye his beard like that? I got the uh, I got the rivalry stirred up a little bit with a tweet about the bands, about the Iowa band. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Recently, there. Yeah, look at that Hollywood Hulk Hogan beard right there. God, that was so good. The chops are blonde. And then everything else has just died pitch black. So good. And he was old then. You know, yeah. like yeah. he's in his like late 40s then. Like for, you know. Yeah, you got them all amped up. The, I've never. So after that game, so when I was doing KXNO, Ross Peterson would always go on this like week long fishing trip in the middle of the football season. <laughs> Every year he did it. And that year it was the week after the Cyhawk game where we had to f- digest Carson King Gate and oh, the yeah. stupid band mm-hmm. deal. That was the worst week of local radio I ever had to do in my career. Well, some, I think it was like College Football Home or Sickos Committee, one of those things. They tweeted out these new logos for the Iowa band that they released this year. Which are really cool, by the way. And, uh, yeah, what, what did I say? Just uh, I, I can't wait to see. Because they're back in Ames this year. I can't wait to see these bastards just, just trounce Iowa State fans on the way out of the stadium this year. <laughs> I mean, people are still pissed about that. Yeah. I prefer bands that know how to follow instructions. <laughs> remember, the, the rules do, are there for a reason. Do you remember? You have, you have it tens got to of thousands point. of drunk, angry college football fans. We're telling you to go in a certain direction for your health and safety. Listen, tuba section. It got so out of control that like some members of the Iowa band were saying that like a, someone was like sexually assaulted and then they showed a vi- yeah, there was a I video mean, and all it was was like a them, like, and like it but, but all it, it was was like it was like a ladder f- falling yeah, because Pollard went as far to have that press conference where they had pulled the video, like the 24-hour video, and then um, Iowa's president, do you remember Iowa's president was like, yeah, maybe we're not going to play the game anymore. It's oh like, my oh my God. It was, that may have been the dumbest Cyhawk story ever. I think it, I think it probably is. I don't know and what else at what the else same could it be? time, Carson King's deal with the register was going on. Yes. In the middle of rivalry season in college football, all we were doing for an entire week <laughs> was Bandgate and Carson King versus the Register. Mm-hmm. Those were the days, boy. I, I love how the Cyhawk rivalry can just start some of the weirdest shit. And people, people fight still, about anything. How long ago was that? What was that? Three, four... That Probably feels like it ago? was 20 years ago. It says three and years ago. are still pissed. God, I'll, I'll, I remember, I don't go to many press conferences anymore, but I went up to Pollard's 
and the president was there, President Winterstein, they were so pissed. Like, I they remember had, wa- walking they had into a press the, conference about the ban? Yeah. About the whole, well, I mean, the Iowa president went out and, like, accused him of all this stuff, if you remember it. And yeah. The, the, yes. Yeah, look at them. They're just walking through all these people with their big ass horns, <laughs> expecting that nothing's going to happen. Wait, do what you're told. And weren't they playing? I'm they sure they were like playing. playing like, like, yeah, heaven, there is no beer. I don't know. But we, they, we, like, and you know how band. So I was always I'm close to band, band people. Yeah, they're great. Because of where they put the visiting band at Kinnick Stadium. When I would go and I would shoot the game for TV, you were down in the end zones. And at the end of the second quarter, toward the end of the second quarter, the visiting band would always come down and um, kind of get ready to go out on the field. So they would be lined up behind you. And so they'd be behind you for several minutes and you'd hear these conversations and you'd hear this... Um, you, you know, their smack talk, which is just terrible, by it's the way. It's bad smack. Yeah. And I can just picture what these Iowa band members were saying to these Iowa State fans on the way out of the stadium. I, and I look, Do what you're I, told. Just I wait. can't wait to see it again this year. Yeah, and like the Iowa, the standard Iowa response is, well... Just because you don't follow instructions doesn't mean you should get assaulted. No, I know, but the instructions assaulted. are there to prevent it from happening. But what, there wasn't an assault. Well, allegedly. Like, that, that's the problem. Nobody lives in a world of facts anymore. But they released all the video. <laughs> and it was funny. As soon as they released the video, were all of the allegations went away. They were so pissed. I again, like I, I don't go to a lot of these press conferences anymore. And I went up to that one, and you walked in, and the mood was just like <laughs> Pollard winter. Like they were so pissed at that whole whole situation. Well, here's what I want: I want Pollard to schedule another press conference, and I want him to say two things. Okay. He's been a top 10 athletic director in the country the last 15 years. Done a great job. Incredible Mm -hmm. job. But the next two things he must do. One is easy. Announce alcohol sales to anyone inside Jack Trice Stadium. It shouldn't just be for the people paying extra for sweets or what have you. Iowa State has two beers now. Everyone else is doing it. And, yes, Iowa State has two beers, one that, what, helps fund the athletic department, one that helps with the NIL. The next thing you got to do, announce that you're going to upgrade the press press box a little bit. I mean, I'm not— Sign me up for that. You don't have to make some monstrosity, but when you compare the Iowa State press box to— all the other press boxes in power football. It's bad. It's shocking. Shocking. Yeah, when you go to Kinnick every other year, when I go to Kinnick, it's like a vacation. <laughs> Seriously. Now, if I can avoid getting beer thrown on me and all the FUs as I walk into it. The last time I went to Kinnick, I got hit in the head with a Milwaukee's best, and I haven't been back. And when was that? 
Iowa State won that game. I think that was no, the was Jake Knott interception. Yeah, God, those games were terrible. <laughs> it's like nine, just six. bad teams. I mean, those, those Iowa teams were terrible. No, like, so they have a great press. Iowa State's press box is. I just don't know how big of a priority it is for him. But why? Because I don't think he likes us media folk. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you look at it, like, look. But at some point, you media want guys more are going to cover the game anyway. What? But I think it's also aesthetics with the stadium. I mean, you've done oh, yeah. so much to that stadium. I did so hear much. a rumor coming off of our conversation that they are considering. <laughs> I'm serious here. I did hear a rumor. Putting window that, units in? That they are putting like boxed air conditioner units in at Jack Trice. Because of the pressure. conversation we had? I know. I don't know. I think somebody was reacting to our conversation saying that they thought that that was happening. I'll tell you, I don't think they're going to update the press box until the side town's done. Unless it comes from a private donation, but... They got if a lot of money lottery, tied up. That's right what now. I'll do. All right, private donate. Who who do we? Who's a media member that has a lot of money that could donate to help out his fellow media guys? Because uh, I mean, I, we know that you know, sports writers don't make much. I was going to say like, isn't local that TV like, guys don't make much. Money you paid. Bloom. Bloom could raise money. He could siphon the money away from the players. To the media members. Oh, by the way, speaking of media, I had another experience yesterday. So you would think at AT&T Stadium with all these, like, hundreds of sports writers. So they had a giant bathroom. I, I bet that this bathroom, this is where everybody's doing their business. This is the bowels of AT&T Stadium, like the richest stadium in the world. I bet it had 50 urinals. Okay? Mm-hmm. Had one stall. No. And I had to go in there because I, I wanted to change. Like, I was in dress clothes yesterday, and I, before I got on the plane, it was like 110 degrees out, out there, okay? <laughs> so I wanted to put some shorts on to go to the airport. So I go in there to change, and I have my suitcase because I'm, I'm running to the airport right after. And I tell you what, it was the stankiest bathroom I'd ever experienced in my life. It With one stall? Oh, it, my God. Have so you it was so hot. It was so hot in Dallas that like they they couldn't even keep AT and T like at a respectable temperature. Like it was hot. Like I bet it was down on the field at our work area. I bet it was like eighty five, ninety degrees. Most it was hot, and you took all of that heat. All of these sports writers just been out <laughs> eating Tex Mex and drinking beer. That's They're the farting. Like, these sports the whole, writers. Oh my god. They have like it's a specific smell. Oh. It, yeah. It's like it's not just regular feces. No. It's like it's, it's a stale beer. Super um what's the right word? Rotten? Rotten. It's like it's been in there for stale. it's just been in your intestines for days. It's just it's a different level of smell. I mean, these sports writers, they go on these events. And they just live and, off the free food. Yeah, and beer, and they just treat their body like an amusement park. <laughs> he was treating his body like an amusement park. <laughs> it's, this bathroom was absolutely disgusting. So then the Jack Trice bathroom, the worst part about it is there's no air conditioning. And heat <laughs> rises. 
So like these September home games, you go in there and there's two urinals in one stall. There's one stall for the entire press corps. And we're all overweight and we all are just disgusting individuals. And that that bathroom is super small and it's the most disgusting place on earth. This they reminds keep it me clean. of uh, it's not like they don't keep it clean, but it like that smell just doesn't leave. The sports writer poop smell. One of the most disgusting bathrooms I've ever been in was at Channel 13, WHO-TV. Um, and these aren't sports writers. These are just, these are news people. Uh, but, you know, there's all, there's engineers, there's photogs, there's a bunch of people in this building. But there were a few people that would just blow up these bathrooms. And I'll, I'll never forget... <laughs> uh, Andy and I went into the bathroom one night. This was probably 12 years ago. And it just, it, it smelled like someone just took a, a steamer right on the floor. And Andy was like, what the hell? What, what is going? He was looking at all the stalls. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. He's like, where, where is this smell coming from? And he... He goes to the the um, the garbage receptacle, which is um, it's one of those where it has the you know you pull the paper towel down um, out of the thing, and the garbage is right under it. You know, it's like on the wall, right? Yes, it's like hooked onto the wall in a public restroom. Yes. Well, the 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 garbage was filled all the way to the top, and. <laughs> On top of the garbage was this pile of paper towels, flat, just laid out perfectly. And sitting on top of the paper towels is just a monstrous <laughs> turd. Why wouldn't somebody put it in the toilet and flush it? <laughs> it's like someone laid out a bunch of paper towels on the floor, dumped on it, picked it up. And placed it on top of the wastebasket. Just for all to see. And, and smell. Like a pot of potpourri. <laughs> it was. And, you know, it had this bathroom. I mean, you'd go in there. Got like corn and it, did that turd have like it, corn in it? It was like someone was ripping out their own pubic hair and just sp- <laughs> sprinkling it on all the seats. Like you could not find one toilet that didn't have pubic hair sprinkled all over the seat here in the channel seed studios i'm gonna be out at the channel seed golf outing in uh, storm lake next week gonna hang out with all the seedsmen looking forward to that i want to give a shout out i got a seedsman shout out that i'm gonna give today benson seed tate benson is his name shout out to you tate tate uh, out in Pearson, Iowa. He's 13 years as a channel seedsman. He is a Hawkeye fan. So there are farmers who are right. Hawkeye fans. He's a big Hawkeye well, of fan. We big, invented uh, the farmer. Hawkeye fans kept farming alive. I would say the majority of farmers the, in Iowa are Hawkeye fans. No doubt. I love the wide right and natty light, how they got the actually helping farmers thing going like 10 years ago that was 
That was brilliant. You know, we got we got a C and D for that. Did you really? Yeah. Cause it was before my time, but they sold the T shirts that said actually helping farmers with a very similar logo. Is so the logo and, got it? Yeah, but it's protected under parody laws. So if, in reality, if we really wanted to make a lawsuit out of it, I think we'd have a pretty good case, but it's not worth the time or effort, probably. Because at one point, Matt Campbell actually like used a hashtag. A- yeah, it H- was like yeah. yes, it was one of epic. his first years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Uh, love our friends at Channel Seed. I'm looking forward to going out and meeting all of you guys coming on. I'm going to speak to them. Really looking forward to this out in Storm Lake. I think, ne- yeah, next Wednesday. But shout out to Tate Benson, Pearson, Iowa, Benson Seed, shout out to you. We appreciate everything that Channel Seed does for us here on Iowa Everywhere. Also, as you saw in the pre-roll, the Wild Rose Casino having the Firehouse Rock concerts on July 20th at Wild Rose Emmitsburg, Friday the 21st, Wild Rose Clinton, Mm. and Saturday the 22nd at Wild Rose Jefferson. These are all... Outdoor shows, free for all ages. So get the family out and go and take in some rock. Um, Why do you do do that? I don't know. I just... Kay McNamara is not going to Big Ten Media Days. I hate this. I hate this. This bothers me. Like, I understand why coaches make decisions. Well, Hunter Deckers didn't go to Big 12 Media Days. Well, and and I think we all know why. Okay. (laughs) This here's this is the disconnect. It's media days. It's for promotion of your program. It's for the media to get fans excited for the season. At the core, that's why they do all of this. Okay. Yes. When <clears throat> when these coaches use it as like a reward for their players for good behavior, or oh, this guy's been a and the kid doesn't talk. It's do it's just wasting everybody's time. If you're covering Iowa, you want time with Cade McNamara. What's the what's one of the biggest stories in the Big Ten this season? Cade McNamara, the longtime Michigan quarterback, led him to a playoff, is now at the University of Iowa. We want to hear from this guy. And I get it if I'm Kirk Ferentz. There's all these reasons not to do it, whatever. But isn't that all that matters to Kirk Ferentz? Like he doesn't yes, care. But that's the disconnect. It just I get it. I understand why Kirk Ferentz is doing what he's doing, but like I want to hear from Kirk from Cade McNamara. This is a guy like I mean, I'm not covering Iowa, but when I read Lystico and Doctorman and those, I'd love to hear what Cade McNamara thinks I going hear into from the season. Too. And I think it would be good for the Iowa brand to get him out there as well. Um but it doesn't seem like the Iowa sports writers and the people that cover Iowa care that he's not going. And maybe that's because they feel like they're going to get a chance to talk to him enough outside of Big Ten Media Days. I don't know. Uh, it, it is, it, it's, it's strange. I get it. Kirk Ferentz doesn't want McNamara answering a bunch of questions about Brian's leaving contract. Michigan. And yes, Ferentz is con- but get it, that. it's going to come up during the year. I get that. Yeah. You may as well it's, rip the Band-Aid off. Yes. I, I, w- I wish he was there. I, I do. Uh, and I think it would be good for Iowa. I think he has the personality where uh, he he just kind of seems like a bring it on kind of guy. Like it's not going to affect him. 
if he gets asked a bunch of questions about Michigan and, yeah, and other stuff. Yeah, he seems like an alpha dog to me. Yeah. Like, this doesn't and, seem like a guy. And that's who, why I think it it should have happened. But this is Kirk Ferentz. You know? Yeah, I, I get it. it. I just think, Chris, like, this is a it's a really great regional, national-type story for yeah. Iowa to tell. Like, look at this. Look at this dog that we got from the portal. He mm-hmm. could have gone all these different places. He chose to come to the University of Iowa. We're going to turn and I our do offense think, around. So I, I think this will lead to fewer conversations about Iowa at Big Ten Media Days. Maybe that's um, what they want. It probably is. But I yeah. think uh, I, I, I think Iowa is being overlooked right now. I mean, we've done a lot of Big Ten talk on CBS Sports HQ. Nobody's talking about Iowa. It's And it's... Dude, they're it's strange because they have such an easy schedule. And I think it's because they were so bad offensively last year. And you know you have Michigan and Ohio State. Iowa, I mean, God, I, I feel like in the, I gotta get on that number. What what was it? Was that seven and a half for a it's long like nine time? Nine and a half now. Now it's just skyrocketing because people are Looking at that schedule, if, I mean, if they can win that game at Penn State early on in the season, whew, look out. This is the this is the type of year that Iowa State would beat them. <laughs> if you look back at like the last twenty five years of that game, because mm-hmm. I mean, right now it's like I, I feel like Iowa State going six and six would be great for them. Like I would sign up for that right now. Like, I think Iowa could win ten games. Do you? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, look I, at like, this, Van Wink. Pull up Iowa's schedule. Yes, you have to go to Iowa State, but it's—I don't think that good of an Iowa State team. So many question marks with this gambling stuff. Which mm-hmm. at this point, Williams, that—I'm not sure that this gambling thing's even going to be done by the time the season starts. And if that's the case, none of these guys can play. Correct, and they certainly won't be playing in week two. So you get Utah State, that's a win. Iowa State will give you a win. Western Michigan, that's a win. Then you go at Penn State. At Penn State's the big one. Michigan State's tough. Like, so who do you get the, there? The one problem with Iowa's schedule, and it's and it's what makes it a lot tougher than just looking at the teams they're playing, looking at the competition. Is is it all of these tough games, rivalry games, I guess they're you could say, against Iowa State. They're on the road. They have to go yeah. to Iowa State, to Penn yeah. State, to Wisconsin. It makes their home schedule just dog. But God, look at that. Look at towards the end. Minnesota at home, at Northwestern, Rutgers at home, Illinois at home. At Nebraska and so Illinois, that, that, that Illinois is going to be a tough game. I think Purdue Illinois is and Wisconsin a shell of what it has been. You don't have to worry about yeah. them. Northwestern's it, got. You do have to go drama. to Nebraska. That's another one. Yeah. What is Rule going to have in year one? Yeah, I I don't know. I like Iowa a lot this year too. But that's pretty presumptuous on their schedule to put Iowa versus the Big Ten champion. <laughs> It it is um, it is interesting which teams will decide to put the conference championship game on their schedule, and which teams don't. 
yeah, put it on there. Hell, they've, they've been not that good the last couple of years, and they have been able to well, – two years ago they were in it, got killed. Last year I'm they should have been forward. in it. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to reading some stuff on the defense, believe it or not. Like, we've, we talk so much about Iowa's offense, but they did lose a lot of guys on defense and the, you know, the ones who are the plug-and-play transfer type guys. I just want to learn about them. Mm-hmm. Everybody seems to really like them. I want to, I want to read more. Well, so that, that's coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm glad you want to hear about the defense and not Cade McNamara because you're not going to hear about Cade McNamara. Well, I want to hear from that. I just the, but isn't that isn't that weird? Interesting how that worked though. Like they lost. Do you remember when that was a story? Like, oh my god, all these guys are transferring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they got all the guys on offense, and then we all just kind of moved on. Yeah. I just there's no way their defense can be as good as it was last year. That, That's that what I'm saying. Last year. Yeah. But if now, you're not the it, worst offense... It doesn't offense, need to be. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I, it, I don't think it's going to need to be as good as last year because the offense is is not going to be nearly, I hope, as anemic as last season. Isn't it just funny how our brains work like that, though? It's like when one shiny object is flashing mm-hmm. and that was all these defensive guys leaving and then, oh, Kay McNamara is here, this Ohio State wide receiver transfers, and then we just kind of take our we just move our attention i think i would just should have leaned into it all the way to, to big 10 media days just kirk brian and Cade mcnamara and that's honorary it. gary barda <laughs> gary barda get a chance to speak with gary barda before he's done because what does he have another couple weeks and he's out we're honoring gary barda by letting him come with us to represent iowa on big 10 media days that's coming up in two weeks. All right. Um, appreciate all you. Get out of here. Get out of here. Go go enjoy Fun some public show. restrooms this weekend. Uh, just don't avoid the sports writers. I'm telling you. It's a it hassle put it perfectly. It's a different kind of stank. It's I do rotten. think it's just all of that rotten. beer and that carbonation and junk food. And it's it just like sits in those intestines. You, these people must just be dying inside. It's like the smell of death. It's like a dead skunk is in their small intestine. (laughs) Just crawling, just begging to get out. Thanks to Matt Van Winkle, we're all on baby watch. Congratulations. His wife's cervix is dilated. And that placenta is... uh, The fetus is is ready to crawl out. We're looking. For, maybe Matt will be a dad of two coming up on Monday's show. Aiden Wyatt standing. What by. if? Do you think anybody's ever let the baby eat the placenta as like their first meal? They choke. Maybe we could start that. You can't eat that. Well, it doesn't have cut teeth. It up. Doesn't you even cut have it up, teeth. Put it in a blender. You'd have to. Yeah, you'd have to. You'd have. You literally have to blend it. Matt, that you clearly, you'll end up. Babies end up, can't just chew. <laughs> this will be a big time story on, on on social media if Matt. Blend that placenta up, feed it to the baby for the first meal, and then you can have that. Iowa man blends placenta to feed to newly born child. <laughs> Start a tradition. Grab and follow us everywhere you can. <laughs> Get out of here. Have a great weekend, guys. Appreciate you all. 
Iowa everywhere.